Change is something we're capable of choosing to accomplish on our own strength. And as a matter of fact, change can be accomplished without God. That is not true of transformation. Transformation does not come as a result of human effort or human initiative. Transformation is initiated by God's Holy Spirit. The problem we have is on the outside, sometimes it can be difficult to tell the difference. And I think that's why the world gets confused. Plus, in the world, true transformation can't happen because the world doesn't have God's Holy Spirit. So I'll give you an example. So suppose you came in to church this morning, you met someone at Awaken, and you got a chance to meet them, and you're like, wow, she is really a kind person. Or, wow, he is the coolest Asian man I've ever met, right? And the problem is that you might not be able to tell from your brief interaction whether or not she was a kind person because she trained herself to look kind and appear kind, or if God's Holy Spirit made her kind. Does that make sense? Or if that Asian man trained himself to appear cool, or much more likely, God's Holy Spirit just made him that way naturally. You know, that's how sometimes from the outside, if you don't have a lot of interaction and you're just meeting someone new, it can be difficult to discern which one it really is, what the source of their action or activity or character comes from. And that's why change and transformation can be a confusing concept to grasp, because sometimes it's hard to tell which one it is until we're able to see the core of the source of that behavior. So what then does transformation look like if we're to distinguish it from change? So this year marks my 30th year as a Christian. Uh, It was actually summer, late summer of 1988 that my pastor at the Chinese church shared the gospel with me, and I took that leap of faith and accepted Christ 30 years ago. I mean, like, half of you in this room weren't even born 30 years ago. So I know it's like, ooh, long time ago. But anyway, so I was 16 years old. I was introverted. I was quiet. I was full of insecurity, full of fear. It didn't take a lot of convincing. Actually, I look back and say it kind of did just because I didn't want to dive into something I didn't understand But I took that leap of faith and I accepted Jesus Christ as my savior. There's a, you have the picture? I know. That's a picture of me at my baptism. I I wish I could say I still own that robe because I would gladly put you in it, anyone who wants to get baptized in our church. But uh, anyway, so before I was a Christian, I was a young man full of insecurity, full of fear. And after becoming a Christian, I was a believer full of insecurity full of fear, right? I wish I could tell you my story is that upon becoming a Christian, everything that I struggled with just disappeared, but it didn't happen that way. So two years later, so I was 16 years old then, two years later, I'm attending college at the University of Florida. And when I'm attending college at the University of Florida, it's hard, I, I mean, I've shared before, so I'm not gonna go into this story. I just, I, I had a real struggle, right, with fear, insecurity, uh, initiating new things, making new friends. I mean, just it was just a difficult thing for me. And I remember my first year at the University of Florida, I, I was there, I asked God, I begged God, right, to make me a new person because I didn't want to be the same guy who came to college, the same guy who was full of fear and full of insecurity anymore. And over my next few years of college, that is exactly what God did. But here's the strangest thing. When I look back and reflect on that, God didn't transform me by taking away all of my fear and all of my insecurity. That was still there. It still is here, 
in many ways with me. Instead, what God did is he birthed things in me that weren't there before. Instead of taking away my fear, taking away my insecurity, he gave birth and helped me understand what it was like to exercise faith and to be a man of courage. And so when I look back on my life, that is what starting anew kind of means, usually means for me, is when I think about this idea of starting anew, new circumstances, new situations, new opportunities, new trials and new challenges, I don't look at those things as being what God wants me to conquer. I look at those and realize God wants to do something in me first, or God wants to do something in me too through these new circumstances. And that's why it's so important, right? I think this idea of being able to understand what change is, understand what transformation is, being able to distinguish the two. God does not want us to be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds so we can discern what is the good and pleasing and perfect will of God. You know, uh, to, so the idea, so what is transformation then? If we're to get a little concrete, what does that look like if it's not changed to the nth degree? So the Greek word used for transformation is metamorpho, and it means to transform from one shape, one form, one structure to another. Um, it's used four times in the scriptures, once here in this passage at Romans, twice talking about Jesus at the transfiguration. That makes a lot of sense, that Jesus, in a sense, took a very different form when he was appearing with Moses and Elijah. And then finally, in a passage in 2 Corinthians, I'll share with you, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So metamorpho, I mean, no surprise, 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 that's where we get the English word metamorphosis. Metamorphosis is an interesting word for those of you guys who take biology, you guys should be familiar with this idea, but it has a very specific and concrete definition. You don't use the word metamorphosis haphazardly because it has a very concrete definition and typically it's defined in biology as the profound change in form from one stage to the next in the life of an organism with the most popular example being that from a, a caterpillar to pupa or a pupa to butterfly. Another definition in Merriam-Webster that I think is a really great one for transformation, it is a change in physical form, structure, or substance, especially by supernatural means. Metamorphosis is not evolution. Metamorphosis is not change. There is something profound and supernatural that happens when this word is used. A change in form or substance or structure because of supernatural means. This is the word Paul decides to use in this passage to describe what God wants to do with you. We change from one state to another. So again, I apologize for all you who attended Faith Walkers and have to listen to this again, but I'm gonna share the idea, the illustration of the caterpillar, because that's what usually gives us the best idea of what metamorphosis looks like. And so I'm gonna give you a quick education in grossness. So when a caterpillar becomes a butterfly, there's this process of growth and transformation. So you start with this little caterpillar, and as the caterpillar grows, it grows out of its skin, and it's... Um, 
it sheds its skins, which is a process called molting, and it's, so it's like growing and growing. It breaks out of its skin, has a new skin, and is larger. And it goes through this process about four or five times before finally its final morphing is, is in the shape of a shining little thing called a chrysalis, right? It's kind of, it's all wrapped up and sealed. And inside this protective casing of the chrysalis, this is when the real work of transformation begins in a caterpillar. Because the first thing that happens inside the chrysalis is the caterpillar inside this chrysalis actually starts to digest itself. Its acids start to digest and turn itself in and dissolve all of its tissues until it becomes caterpillar soup. So this is like your living sacrifice, right? This is like what that looks like. But even in this caterpillar soup, that's not where the story ends. Even though it's kind of all mush, there are, there's still some sense of organization. And, and uh, I don't know how scientists discover this stuff, but inside there, there's still these things. It's growing what's called imaginal disks. And they're basically templates for all the different parts uh, that's going to be developing in the butterfly. So these imaginal disks take this caterpillar soup so it's like this little framework of what a wing is supposed to look like, and the suit kind of fills in and starts creating these wings and these different body parts, the legs, the eyes, and the various parts. And after about 10 to 14 days, this caterpillar soup becomes a butterfly ready to emerge. But when the butterfly first breaks out of its chrysalis, it still can't fly. And the reason why is because it needs time to be able to pump fluids into its, the veins of its wings so the wings can expand to full size. And then after and when they expand to full size, the wings need to dry off so that it can learn how to fly. And in addition to that, the caterpillar has to exercise its flight muscles before it can take off. I don't know about you, but that sounds a lot like how the Christian life works. Right? Our Christian lives start off really messy and sometimes gross. Right? And then slowly there's some organization as things start to make sense and doctrines and ideas and biblical ideas start coming together and, and, and ministry-wise come together. And then we emerge from that understanding thinking, all right, I know God now. Right? We emerge thinking we're ready to fly and yet we're still frustrated because there are aspects of our lives that just aren't ready to go there completely. And so we need to take time to strengthen these new muscles before we can finally take off. That's what the process of transformation, the metamorphosis looks like. And here's the point and why this is important to you. Because brothers and sisters, if you want to become who God has fully made you to be, then you have to endure the process God's way. You have to submit to God's way of doing that in you. You don't get to choose your own road. And understand, the reason why God wants to transform us isn't necessarily because he's looking at you and thinking that you're ugly or despicable or there's something inherently wrong with you. That's not the case. The reason why God wants to do this work of transformation in you is because God didn't create you to crawl on the ground like a caterpillar. God created you to fly. And so he wants you to allow him to do this transformative work in you in order to see that happen. And our response needs to be that we submit to that process. The caterpillar's hard work had nothing to do with transforming a caterpillar to a butterfly. In the same way, transformation in us is not dependent on our initiative or hard work. It's dependent on our submitting to God 
working in and through us. And so both, if you understand that idea, then maybe it starts becoming more clear now the distinctions between change and transformation. Both are necessary and important parts of the Christian life. Both require a certain degree of faith, but they are not the same thing. One requires work, discipline, and initiative. The other requires surrender and submission. One requires our active effort and engagement. The other requires that we allow God to do the work in us, inside out, not outside in. We tend to lean towards change. Most of us, we might not like change, but we understand change. We've all been a part of changing things in our circumstances and in our lives. Change helps us to feel in control of our spiritual faith, our spiritual development, our spiritual lives. But if our Christian lives are, is completely built around change and what we can do to change ourselves to be more like Christ, then here's the end result. We're all going to eventually end up tired, maybe a bit proud, and at some point disillusioned. Because what is so special about God, what is so special about being a Christian if I can accomplish most of it myself? That's eventually where you go if you build a Christian life around change only. Embracing transformation, though, is harder. It's a bit less predictable. And understand, transformation is not the I don't work option. It is the I surrender option. It's the I will let go and let you work in me, Lord, option. That's what transformation will require of you. And honestly, that is how in your life you'll be able to distinguish the difference between what is change and what is transformation. Because in your life, when you look at it, the things that I'm putting effort and discipline into is change. The things I have to surrender in is transformation. So let me share a, uh, a little example. So I, I hope it's okay for me to say, I guess it's okay for me to say, uh, that I, I am really proud of my wife. I am grateful for her, but I am in this season of life very proud of her. She is in a starting a new place in her life. Because you see, our girls, my son is in college, and our girls are all in high school, believe it or not, all three of them, senior, sophomore, and freshman for the first time. And so recently, my wife has been able to shift her focus from homeschooling, which is where she's been buried over the course of the last decade plus, into building a business, specifically her Mary Kay business. And that being said, it's a tough business, right? And changing her business mindset from a casual hobby to a formal business requires a lot of work. It requires a lot of initiative. It requires a lot of discipline. It requires a lot of faith. But one thing she has recently learned is that initiative, faith, discipline, and hard work isn't always enough because those things can't stave off fear, worry, anxiety. Does that make sense? So recently, she uh, was listening to a teaching, and uh, in this teaching, it wasn't me, so it was totally unbiblical, but it was, she was listening to this teaching, um, and during that time, the speaker shared on the importance of when you work, don't work for approval, but from approval. 
And that has had a profound impact on her life. She's told me this a number of times. It's like, Frank, I can't tell you how much that simple truth has changed the way I view my work, right? The way I approach my business. So does that make sense? This is a practical example of how change and transformation work hand in hand. Her hard work, her discipline has changed her circumstance, but her humility and her teachability has allowed her to receive what God wanted to gift her, right? The right perspective from which to do that work. This is where our series is going to begin. Next week, we're going to dive in and take the next step. But here's where I wanted to begin. And the reason why I wanted to begin here is because this idea of starting anew, whether that means starting a new relationship, starting new classes, starting a new job, starting a new phase in life, starting new challenges, trials, opportunities, right? Starting anew often involves more than just the circumstances around us being new and different and unique, but oftentimes also means that God is wanting to do something new and transformative in us as well. And that's true because God is always our God who loves us, Our Lord God is always going to be more concerned about our character than our comfort. God is always going to be more concerned about our character than our circumstances. He will always care more about you and who you're becoming than whatever it is that you're going through. And if you understand that, then it's not a tough leap to realize that when I'm in the midst of new circumstances, when I'm in the midst of new relationships, when I'm in the midst of new opportunities and new trials and challenges, a very logical question to ask is, okay, God, not only should I, how should I respond to these, but what are you doing in me? And change. What God is doing with you typically falls in one of these two categories, change transformation. Change is not bad. I hope you've not heard that in any way, shape, or form in what I shared with you. There are aspects of our Christian faith that demand discipline, that demand hard work. We need to work hard to create time and space in our lives, for example, to spend time with God. We need to work hard serving in whatever tasks God has given us to do, whether that's supporting our family, whether that's in ministry with hospitality, worship, showing mercy, teaching, administration, whatever gift or whatever ministry God has appointed you to do, do it wholeheartedly with all of your effort, right? These working hard in these things will help us to know God better, to be able to bless the body of believers and allows for God to make us more like Jesus. Change absolutely has a place in the Christian faith. But change alone is not going to sustain our faith. Without transportation, or transportation, without that too, without transformation, right? Change alone will inevitably lead us to disillusionment, pride, and exhaustion. Transformation, on the other hand, transformation always involves something old passing away in order for something new to be birthed. And as I shared earlier, transformation is not going to come from your great effort, from your tremendous initiative, from your discipline, but it's going to come when you yield and surrender yourself and submit to yourself to the work of God. That's what I want to do this morning. Simply plant the seed for you to grasp and understand the concept. And next week, we're going to take the time to unpack the practical ways in which this will play out in our lives. And I look forward to going through that with all of you then. Amen? Amen.